The LA Kings continue to grind out wins as their winning streak has now hit four straight. I'll tell you about something the Kings, though, need to improve upon going forward. Phoenix Copley hits the 20-win mark, Adrian Kempe the 30-goal mark, and we'll have uh, details on the debut of new King Zach McEwen. That and more on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. My name is Eddie Garcia. I'm your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 years. The LA Kings continue their winning ways with a 4-2 victory over the Washington Capitals last night. That's four wins in a row for the Kings, tying their longest winning streak of the season. It's also their sixth straight win on home ice. We saw the LA Kings debut of Zach McEwen, recently acquired at the trade deadline for Brendan Lemieux. He played on the fourth line, replacing Arthur Kaliev. We'll tell you how he looked in a minute. Uh, but a quick recap of the game in case you missed it as the Kings continued their recent trend of starting really well but it not really resulting in them jumping out to a big lead. Uh, the Kings dominated Washington as far as zone time in the opening period of last night's game. They outshot the Capitals 19-3, to but the game was scoreless after one period. In the second period, Washington actually took the lead on a fluky changeup shot that trickled through Phoenix Copley. We'll detail that more in a little bit, but the Kings would respond, and it would be Vladislav Gavrikov scoring his first goal as an L.A. King. Uh, right before the end of the, uh, the uh, second period, uh, uh, Philip Deneau would deflect in a Victor Arvidsson point shot to give the Kings a 2-1 lead going into the third. Kings took way too many penalties in this game, and not surprisingly, eventually it caught up with them as the Capitals would score on the power play, and no surprise, arguably the greatest goal scorer in NHL history would light the lamp, Alexander Ovechkin, scoring to tie up the game at 2-2. But L.A. would respond with another goal from a defenseman, Mikey Anderson would score what would turn out to be the game-winning goal on a terrific feed from Quinton Byfield. Adrian Kempe hit the 30-goal mark with an empty netter to seal the victory, and the Kings skated off with a 4-2 win. Overall, a pretty solid performance by the Kings. I think they were clearly the better team, but again, took way too many penalties in this one. That allowed Washington to stay in the game. Uh, and mostly the penalties were pretty careless. A lot of stick fouls, uh, sticks into the skates of players, tripping things like that in an attempt to go for the puck. And that is something that the Kings absolutely have to address going forward. And the Kings actually got off the hook a little bit in the final moments of this game. There was a high sticking call that the referees missed. That could have given Washington a chance to tie things up on the power play. Uh, but fortunately for the Kings, that call was missed. But again, way, way too many penalties taken by the LA Kings and there were penalties that also canceled out power plays for the Kings as they were 0 for 4 with the man advantage so it was a much tighter game than it probably should have been or needed to be uh, the Kings certainly didn't help themselves in several areas but in the end as we have seen recently grinding out wins and that's not necessarily a bad thing we'll get more into that in just a little bit 
I have to say, talking about the penalties, for all the good things that he does, and there are a lot of things that he does well, Kevin Fiala uh, continues to take bad penalties. Um, he had a great play last night where he went strong to the net, put a shot on goal. It resulted in a rebound, and that's when Gabrikov scored his first as an LA King. So again, those are the types of things he does very well and does them most of the time. But you have seen this year, if there is a criticism of Kevin Fiala, it is that he will take bad penalties occasionally. And fortunately, the Kings have done a decent job of killing most of them off. They did it again last night. Um, but he has got to be more disciplined. I like that he has a bit of an edge to his game. Um, I don't mind that at all. But he needs to use that aggressiveness in smart ways. And uh, a lot of times the penalties he takes are offensive zone penalties, are retaliation penalties, and frankly, penalties that just should not be taken. So I'm sure it's been addressed. Uh, with Kevin Fiala, I got to think. Um, and But in the end, it's up to him to be smarter. And for the rest of the LA Kings as well. Uh, way too many penalties last night, as I mentioned. It kept the, the Capitals in the game. Fortunately, the Kings were able to do a good enough job of, for the most part, killing off penalties. But if they continue to do things like that, it will eventually bite them. And hopefully it won't bite them in playoffs, uh, in games that really mean uh, a lot like a playoff game. So again, I'm sure it's something that Todd McClellan has addressed with the team, but they've got to go out and do a better job executing. You got to play good, tough defense. Yes, you want to use your stick to get it into passing lanes and shooting lanes. You want to try and knock the puck off your opponent's stick, but you can't get that stick into the midsection. You can't get that stick into those skates, and the Kings have done a little bit too much of that uh, as of late. I do want to mention... Um, you know, the, the play by Kevin Fiala, like I said, that that helped Vladislav Gavrikov get his first goal. Um, and, and and Todd McClellan, it was mentioned on the broadcast, apparently went to the Dano line, the second line for the Kings, Dano, Kevin Fiala, Victor Arvidsson, and told them, guys, you need to start shooting more. And I think that's spot on. And the message was definitely received in the game last night against Washington. They were much more, that line was much more effective in getting shots on goal and making things happen, making goaltenders work. Because I think there are times when Kevin Fiala and Victor Arvidsson fall a little bit too much in love with their puck handling ability. And it is very, very good. And it makes a lot of things happen and it gets defenders to focus on them. And that sets up other players to get into open areas. So you don't want to take that obviously out of their game, but they do need a reminder every once in a while that in the end, you can skate around with the puck and make all these great fancy moves and plays, but if it doesn't result in shots on goal, then it really is just a lot of window dressing. Uh, so they got reminded of that by Tom McClellan, apparently, and they, they definitely took it to heart. Uh, as I mentioned, Fiala going strong to the net, creating a rebound for Gavrikov, and then Victor Arvidsson with a big slap shot from the point that Philip Deneau deflected in. So message received, and good to see that message sent by Todd McClellan. That second line had a much, much better game than they have. Uh, in the recent uh, history for the LA Kings. I do want to talk about Zach McEwen's Kings debut in a minute, but also want to talk about one of the other Kings deadline pickups, and that is defenseman Vladislav Gabrikov. Uh, he is much more impactful offensively than I thought he would be. He is not afraid at all to jump up into play and be aggressive. Uh, he's got a nice passing touch. I think he's very active with his stick defensively. Um, haven't really seen him unleash a big slap shot at the point yet to see if that's a part of his game, but he's pretty effective and pretty accurate in his wrist shots from distance to get on net. And by the way, this is, <laughs> I should mention, he scored a goal last night, his first as an LA King and his fourth of the season. And he had a, a goal celebration. 
Uh, if you didn't see it, uh, and if you're watching on the YouTube channel, I'll demonstrate it. But he scored a goal, did Vladislav Gavrikov, and he put his hand up to his ear like he was talking on the phone or call me or whatever that, that move is. Um, and I, I thought it was pretty funny that a guy who now has 16 career NHL goals has some sort of a goal celebration. I don't know what the backstory is on that. I'd be I'd be uh, interested to find out. But it is something we've heard about Vladislav Gavrikov that he is a guy who has a personality. He's he's witty. He's funny. He likes to have a good time. Uh, and that was certainly something that was amusing that caught my eye. That a guy who hardly ever scores had a goal celebration. I don't, I'm not sure what that means, but we'll have to find out. But I, I got I tell you this. I hope I see it uh, more often uh, going forward because, like I said, he he has much more offensive ability uh than i thought he was going to have he's a defensive defenseman big strong guy kind of a puck mover pretty good skater uh and certainly the size is there um but i i was expecting a little bit more of uh, a stay-at-home guy and we'll see if it, if it continues going forward uh maybe he's just in, you know in the excitement of playing on a new team and and, and hustling and things like that but like i said he is um, not afraid to jump up in the play. He's got a decent little offensive game to him. And we saw it on display last night against the Washington Capitals, him scoring that big goal, crashing the net and following up the Kevin Fiala shot. So that was very nice to see. Um, also nice to see the Kings get goals from places you wouldn't expect, like Gabrikov and Mikey Anderson, the other Kings defenseman scoring last night, what would be the game-winning goal. Uh, that was only Mikey's third goal of the season and just his seventh career goal. Um, he was set up on um, by a player that we talked about on Monday show, Quentin Byfield. Uh, QB uh, now has an assist in four straight games, and a couple of helpers he's had over uh, a couple of recent games have been pretty skilled setups. And that was the case again last night with Mikey Anderson's game-winning goal. You know, I talked about Quentin Byfield's lack of scoring ability, but I was thinking about this considering that he's a natural center. And, you know, centers usually are a little bit more uh, distributors of the puck, generally speaking, trying to set up their wingers who are the finishers. Um, it probably shouldn't be a surprise that Byfield is a little more comfortable setting up teammates than he is at finishing. Hopefully, if he does stay on the wing, that will become more of his game, part of his game, and that he'll learn to develop that skill, as we have seen with Adrian Kempe and Gabe Velarde, who both obviously came up as centers and now have made the nice transition over to the wing and have a lot of success. Again, I'm not sure if that's the long-term plan with Quentin Byfield or not. I guess the Kings will play it by ear for the moment. But again, um, Quentin Byfield, really nice pass. Great setup for Mikey Anderson. Great to see him make an impactful play. And again, seeing flashes here and there. Again, I know we'd all like to see him finish a little bit more, but a great setup by Quentin Byfield for Mikey Anderson to come through. And look, we know who's going to carry the mail offensively. For the LA Kings, it's going to be Kempe, it's going to be Kopitar, it's going to be Fiala, uh, you know, Arvidsson, uh, guys like that are going to chip in time to time. But, you know, again, to get key goals uh, from your defensive core, um, that's not something the Kings have done a lot of. And it's not, frankly, something they really need, but it's just kind of a little extra something. Uh, and it, and it, when it comes in games and these goals aren't just kind of pile on goals, these are our goals of importance. Um, that's really great to see other guys chipping in and contributing and good for uh, for Mikey Anderson and Vladislav Gavrikov to uh, to get the job done in that situation. Okay, let's get to the Zach McEwen debut. Now, he played just five minutes and 52 seconds, but that was long enough to get an impression of what type of a player he is. And again, like Gavrikov, he's a big body. 
And kudos to Kings GM Rob Blake for doing a nice job of adding size for the LA Kings in their pickups. Uh, the Kings needed a little bit more size, needed a little bit more physicality in their lineup, and he definitely addressed that with Gavrikov and Zach McEwen. I think Zach McEwen is a bit of a better skater than the man that he essentially replaced, Brendan Lemieux. Uh, I definitely noticed that he's a pretty good shot blocker, and you can tell when guys really want to block shots as opposed to guys who who do it but maybe aren't crazy about it. Um, but it takes a special type of player, a very unselfish type of player, to really want to block shots and have kind of a an ability to really get into those those passing lanes and those shooting lanes. Um, and it's not one of those things, again, players will do it, but you can tell the difference between players who really want to do it and make that part of their repertoire and players that are, they kind of do it, but they're not really looking to do it. I think Zach McEwen, I think encouragingly, is looking to block shots and he's a big guy to get in front of shots. So he's looks like he could be pretty effective at that. Um, he did have a face shield on covering uh, the bottom part of his face, protecting his jaw because he is coming off of a broken jaw. So I knew when he saw, when we saw that we weren't going to see him drop the gloves. Like we speculated he could um, to kind of show his imprint on the team. As far as his physical play, didn't have a, a chance at too many big hits. There were a couple of times where he tried to throw the body around and just missed a little bit, but uh, that is certainly a part of his game I think he can bring to the LA Kings and be uh, a relatively effective player. That said, and again, I get that you know the Kings want to get him in the lineup. They want to get him acclimated to his new team and his teammates. They want him to get on the ice because he had missed over a month with that broken jaw. And you just want to see what he's got, you know, and, but I don't see Zach McEwen being a guy who gets a lot of playing time in big games for the Kings because they need Arthur Cowley in the lineup. Now, maybe he could be in the lineup replacing Carl Grundstrom. Grundstrom was back in on that fourth line, and I think appropriately so, because you want to reward him for having a good game in the previous game and scoring a goal. So you don't want to take him out of the lineup, but Arthur Kaliev needs to be in the Kings lineup on that fourth line because of what he does on the power play. Quentin Byfield was on that second power play unit last night in, in, in place of Kaliev. And again, talked about Byfield earlier about being a little bit more of a distributor than he is a finisher at this point. That second power play unit needs a finisher on it and they need Arthur Kaliev. So going forward in any big games or playoff games, I definitely expect to see Arthur Kaliev in the lineup, probably not Zach McEwen, but it was nice to get a little bit of a taste of what Zach McEwen brings. And if there is a game, that is important where the Kings really feel like they need a physical lineup. I think that Zach McEwen can certainly bring that for them. And like I said, good to see that he's a pretty unselfish guy wanting to block shots, do things. Not a bad skater. He's got some size. Um, but uh, that, that was the very brief debut. Not not a lot of time on the ice for Zach McEwen, but um, a, a chance to see what he could do. And um, yeah, pretty encouraging for the limited minutes uh, that he played. I talk about the Kings grinding out wins right now. and. I'm sure uh, there's a there's a contingent of fans out there that would rather see the Kings blow teams out and just roll. And I get that, and I'm not saying I'm not one of them, um, but I think these grinded-out wins are kind of getting the Kings in playoff mode right now because even in the new NHL where scoring is up and, and you know there are more goals scored, certainly even in the playoffs, but playoff hockey is about, at times, grinding out wins. We talked about block shots. Players are going to block a lot more shots when it comes to to the postseason and the intensity goes up another level. The physical play goes up another level and suddenly the wide open ice and the space that some players have in the regular season, they don't have that as much as, as anymore in the playoffs. So 
in a weird way. And I look, when the Kings get off to good starts like they did against Washington, you definitely want to see them capitalize on their opportunities. Again, way too many penalties last night. But the the good starts are encouraging, and it sets a tone for the game. But again, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to see them grinding out these tough wins, getting goals in key moments late in the game, having to kill off penalties late when you're only up a goal, things like that. Those are important things you're going to need when playoff time comes around. So I'm okay with the fact that even against some of these teams that are you know not playoff teams at the moment, that the Kings aren't just rolling over these teams that that they're grinding out these wins. I think that gets them in playoff mode a little bit. Maybe I'm I'm looking at the silver lining. Maybe I'm trying to see what I want to see, but I, I don't think so. I think again, these types of games, low scoring games, games where you got to do you know the right things late in the game to either protect the lead or get the lead. I think the Kings are doing that right now, and uh, it's encouraging to see. I think it's a good way to get them into playoff mode. Uh, we need to crown a king for last night's win over the Capitals and several players I would say would be in the running. Nobody really, really stood out as being the player of the game, but you had Vladislav Gabrikov getting his first goal as a king, Philip Deneau with a nice goal, uh, Phoenix Copley, who we're going to talk about more in a moment, um, gets the win. Um, but I'm going to go with defenseman Mikey Anderson, not only for his game-winning goal, but his all-around solid defensive play. Uh, Mikey Anderson Where's the crown as our player of the game for the win over the Capitals? Long live the King. We need to talk more about Phoenix Copley, and we're going to keep track of the goalie competition going forward. But real quick, I need to remind you that today's episode of Locked on LA Kings is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's a bonus bet back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sports app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored to three-pointers made. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel the official sports betting partner of the NBA. So we didn't talk much about Phoenix Copley uh, to start the show. He allowed two goals on 22 shots, picked up his 20th win of the season last night. Copley is now 24-2 and two on the season, and he became the fastest Kings goalie ever to reach the 20-win mark, doing it in just 29 games. He is winning 69% of his starts, and that is currently third in the NHL among goalies that have played a minimum of 25 games. Uh, he lowered his goals against average to 2.76, but his state percentage did dip below 900 at 899. And he did what he has done all season long. And again, give the Kings a chance to win just about every night. But now he's under a microscope more than he has been before. And I believe that he and recently acquired goaltender Jonas Corposalo are in a competition to see who will start in the playoffs. Now, it is possible we could see both of them in the postseason, but frankly, that would likely be that the one who was chosen to start has faltered and been in need of a replacement. And I think because of what he's done for the Kings all season long, I think Phoenix Copley can and should be given a chance, a fair chance, at being the Kings' number one goalie when the playoffs come around. Now, clearly, Jonas Corposalo was acquired for a reason, and he is a guy who's been a number one goalie in the NHL before. Um, but I think Tom McClellan, goalie coach Bill Ranford, the rest of the Kings staff, 
I think that they are going to, in the end, put sentiment aside, even given everything that Phoenix Copley has done for the Kings this season, and it's been a lot. I think in the end, they're going to do what they have to do as, as coaches and make the hard decisions. And that might mean starting Jonas Corposalo or Phoenix Copley because they, if they honestly feel he gives the Kings the best chance to win, then that's what you've got to do. And despite the win last night, I do have to say Phoenix Copley let in maybe his worst goal so far as an LA King, just a slow trickling pushed in puck by an off off balance player that he has to stop 100% of the time. Uh, It may not seem fair to magnify a goal in a game where the Kings end up winning, but I think that's how it's going to be going forward. He's going to be judged by every goal he allows and every saves he makes the rest of the way. Um, and, and again, that goal was kind of a fluky goal. He had dropped down. He saw it. It was just slowly moving in on him, and somehow it slid right through his pads. It can't happen. Cannot let that goal go in. Kind of like a shortstop letting a routine grounder go through his legs in baseball. So we're going to keep track of Phoenix Copley and Jonas Corposalo going forward and what their numbers are from the time that Corposalo was brought to LA from the, from the date of the trade, what are their numbers going forward? And, and at least statistically look at who has been the better goalie. So right now, since the trade, since the Jonathan quick trade, Phoenix Copley has a two and record 2.01 goals against average and a nine Oh one save percentage. He's allowed four goals on 43 shots. Jonas Corposalo is 1-0, uh, also an identical 2.01 goals against average, a 9.23 save percentage, a little bit better save percentage. He's allowed two goals on 26 shots. So we'll see what the numbers are going forward when it's all said and done. And statistically, if that gives us an indication of who the Kings might go with once the playoffs come around, I do think we're going to see, and again, this has not been confirmed. This is not official. I think we're going to see Jonas Corposalo in net Thursday in Denver against the Avalanche. That's going to be a tough game against a very good Colorado team. So we'll see how he fares in that one. If in fact he does get the start and we're certainly going to be keeping a close eye on that goalie competition going forward. I think they're going to alternate starts the rest of the way until one or the other kind of asserts themselves, or maybe they do it the whole rest of the regular season. And and, and then there's a decision that has to be made for the playoffs, but we will see about that. I did want to mention that Kings defenseman Sean Dursey was forced to leave last night's game in the third period. Uh, He needed to be evaluated after taking a big hit from the Capitals' TJ Oshie that clearly shook Dursey up. Uh, The NHL concussion spotters apparently called him off the ice to be evaluated, and then the game ended before the evaluation was finished, so he never came back into the game. Dursey has taken a few hard hits up high recently, uh, both last night and then that uh, game against, was it Montreal or St. Louis he took that? That shot, I think it was maybe Montreal. But anyway, um, head coach Tom McClellan said afterwards that Jersey appeared to be okay. Now, the Kings did have a day off today. We'll see, we'll hear the reports tomorrow uh, of if Jersey's on the ice and, and if he'll be available for the game against Colorado or not. Um, but I, I actually thought it was a clean hit by TJ Oshie. Um, there was some head contact, but I didn't think that it was, you know, the head wasn't the principal point of contact, which they talk about in terms of suspensions and things like that. Um, Oshie didn't stick his elbow out. He didn't leave his feet. Um, I'm a bit old school when it comes to big hits, but I, I, I thought that was a pretty clean hit and there was no penalty called on the play. So hopefully Sean Dersey will be okay for the next game and going forward. Kings have been pretty healthy so far this season. I know Trevor Moore's out right now, but on the whole, 
Kings have been pretty healthy. It's been a big part of their success this season and certainly hope that continues. Uh, we're going to update you on the Pacific Division, give you an Ontario rain report and tell you about some bad news for a former old school LA Kings player. Uh, but first, I need to let you know that this episode of Locked on LA Kings brought to you by our friends over at Athletic Greens. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, costs you less than $3 a day, and it is just one scoop and a cup of water. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health and to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. That's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So checking those Pacific Division standings after Monday's action, the Vegas Golden Knights and LA Kings are tied with 82 points. Vegas, though, two games in hand on LA. So Vegas is in the top spot. LA in the two spot. Seattle and Edmonton both have 78 points. Seattle, two games in hand on the Oilers. So they're in the three spot. Edmonton in the four spot, the number one wildcard spot right now in the Western Conference. Oilers did pick up a big win in Buffalo last night. Connor McDavid, two more goals for him. He's absolutely on fire. And coming up tonight, you've got Vegas at Florida, and Seattle will be hosting Anaheim. We'll keep an eye on those games as they obviously affect things in the very tight Pacific Division. A real quick rain report checking the Last week for the Kings AHL affiliate in Ontario, they went 0-2-1 in their last three games since last Monday. Cal Peterson 0-1-1, allowing three goals on 20 shots in one of his starts and five goals on 34 shots in the other. Cal Peterson now 13-10-4 this season in Ontario, 2.80 goals against average, a 9-12 save percentage. Ontario currently in fifth place in the 10-team Pacific Division. And one note to pass along for you old-school Kings fans like myself, uh, bad news for former LA King Tony Granato. He was fired as head coach at his alma mater, the University of Wisconsin, on Monday. Badgers were 13-23 and 23 this season. Seven seasons at uh, Wisconsin. Granato had a record of 105-129 at 16. He was Big Ten Coach of the Year twice when he led the Badgers to division titles in uh, 2017 and 2021, but those were his only two winning seasons in seven seasons coaching the Badgers. So unfortunately, Tony Granato, old school LA King, uh, no longer the head coach at the University of Wisconsin. Just thought I'd pass that note along because it it caught my eye. Hey, don't forget, we've got a Thursday feedback show this week. Get your thoughts and opinions on all things LA Kings, trade deadline, the Jonathan Quick trade, whatever you want. Uh, it's lockedoneddie at gmail.com is the email address. E-D-D-I-E, lockedoneddie at gmail.com. If you're watching on YouTube, you can always post your comments in the episode below. Hey, thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen today. Now make your second listen. Game to game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game across the NHL with local analysts that only Locked on can deliver. Follow game to game on Locked on NHL available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you so much for listening and watching this episode of Locked on LA Kings. Have a great day. And as always, go Kings go.